Welcome to the Road to Wellville podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Terrell. Together we will explore our own wellness journeys, nurturing body, mind, and spirit. Join me as I talk to top wellness professionals from all over the world with a wide range of backgrounds and specialties. I invite you to discover, discuss, and design your own path on the road to Wellville. Welcome. Welcome, listener. I am so excited today to introduce you to Rachel Mayu. She is the creator of Holistic Faith Lifestyle, a website that guides visitors to walk and grow in holistic Christianity. She's also a flower essence practitioner and a mom of two. Rachel, I just love your perspective. You always feel like this calming presence, and I always feel renewed after practicing one of your free meditations. In fact, it's become a part of my regular morning practice. A few moments for me to listen to God before I start my day. It always feels like you understand my personal challenges, and it feels like you're there with me and ready to provide me perfect divine guidance, and I really appreciate that. And I can't wait to dive in and get to know you better and introduce you to the listener. Oh, that's awesome. That blesses me so much to hear that. Meditation is definitely a big part of my daily go-to routine, too, so I'm glad that we can do that together virtually. Yeah, it's like such a connection, especially in these times. It's like, I feel like we need to find those connections with people that we resonate with. And I really appreciate you being there uh, with your YouTube channel and your blog. I've really found a lot of inspiration there. Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad. So I'm super excited to get to know you a little bit better, like I said, and I, um, I wanted to ask by asking you, I know that your blog is called A Holistic Faith Lifestyle, and I wanted to ask, like, what is holistic Christianity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the holistic Christianity and holistic faith can be used interchangeably to describe this intentional trust in God that doesn't parcel sections out of our life as the God parts or religious parts and then the non-God parts, but that we're going all in. So recognizing that God is all in when it comes to humanity and just desires that same from us in return. And when we do that, we really invite God into every aspect and it becomes the spiritual anchor that lets us feel more supported in every part of our life. And by surrendering it all to God's hand, we receive freedom to be who God created us to be. Oh my gosh. I love that. I feel like that word freedom just like really resonates with me right now. You know, just this idea. And when you said God is all in, like he's in every part of our lives, right? Like not just going to church on Sunday or, you know, praying when I need something, but just this idea of like integration with everything, even when I'm washing the dishes, even when I'm, um, margaritas with friends. Oh, yes. God's there. Yes. I like that. God is there with margarita with friends. I love that. (laughs) Happy hour. He's there. (laughs) I love that. And that can be, you know, that can be so healing, you know, to remember that. And, um, you know, this podcast is kind of all about finding our own roads to wellness and our own paths towards healing. And I think for a lot of people on this healing path, there was an early event or situation that started to set them on this path of looking, you know, towards holistic um, ways of healing and finding, you know, wellness. And so I just wanted to start by asking you, was there an early event in your life that sparked your interest in wellness? 
Yeah, so for me, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was just three years old. And at that point, it really didn't resonate with me as a kid as being this bad thing. And it was uh, around Christmas time, and I was hospitalized for a week. And the nurses and the staff, you know, they were dressed up with red Rudolph noses and Santa hats, and they made it this really wonderful experience for me to having to be there at that time. Um, I don't remember any fear during that time of the needles or any of the life changes. I mean, it was just a very, um, this is just the next phase of life kind of situation. But as I grew older and started being responsible for my own health and especially going through my first pregnancy and having it be considered high risk with the diabetes, then that's really when I started looking at how I could integrate a more holistic perspective for me and for this new baby and, you know, for my, for my family. So that's really where that began for me. Yeah. I would say for me too, with my, when I, with my first pregnancy was when I started to really realize how I was responsible for my health, for the health of this new being and, you know, finding holistic ways to, um, to, you know, do my best in my pregnancy and as a mom. And that's when I first started using essential oils, which is probably kind of my first, that and yoga was kind of my first, um, experiences with, um, being in control of my own wellness and that mm-hmm. was like a really, um, that was a real shift in perspective and um, ended up being a really cool feeling, like really empowering. So that's yeah. interesting that the mom journey, sometimes that's it for us, you know, is when it's we start push. <laughs> Yeah. Like you said, that responsibility. My, my oldest, he had a lot of ear infections um, mm-hmm. up until like around the four to seven month mark. And so we started doing chiropractic with Mm -hmm. him. I had never seen a chiropractor myself, but I started taking my infant. And so that was really the beginning, looking at what I was eating, what I was, you know, passing to him and then doing chiropractic was um, really that big leap for me. Yeah. I've seen, I've, yo, I've seen that too, is chiropractic, how can make such a difference in, um, in young children from like newborns, right. With everything from like reflux to, like you said, ear infections to just this kind of holistic balance, finding this balance for them after the trauma of childbirth and being a new being on (laughs) on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen chiropractic make a big difference in a lot of kids' lives too. Yeah. So I was going to um, shift towards another, um, I think I would call it maybe like a self-discovery tool. Um, as I was looking at your work, I noticed that you referred to something called called an anagram, and I'm not actually sure if I'm saying that right, because <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the, familiar with what that was. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. That's um, It's called the Enneagram. Okay. So yeah, so it is this tool that I really love for better understanding myself and others. And it lays out nine basic personality types on this diagram. And most people will resonate with one more than the other. You know, you can find yourself a little bit in all of them, but what's cool about the Enneagram is that while you and I may exhibit a lot of the same behavior, it looks at what is the motivator behind the behavior, which I think is really cool. So it's not, just this um, personality test that lays out your strengths and weaknesses. It gives you this uh, tool for seeing where you are in your stages of growth, which it calls it cause it calls, excuse me, the direction of integration. And then when you're in a stage of stress or disintegration. And so you really get to see yourself on this 
uh, line of behavior and know, oh, I'm exhibiting this, I'm doing well, this is a great opportunity for me to minister to others, this is a great time for me to celebrate, start on, you know, some of the things I've been putting off. And then when you find yourself in a time of stress to really know what to do to reconnect and get those fixed. So I love that it it helps you have empathy for yourself too, mm. to be really good mm-hmm. self-discovery and then have empathy for others too. So while you may not know exactly what somebody else's Enneagram number is, uh, you can still pick up on maybe some fears or underlying causes to their, their situation that they're going through at that time or what they're discussing with you. And you, it lets you just reach a little bit deeper with those that you love too. Wow. I love that. I love the connection with empathy. I think that's like something that we really all need to connect with right now <laughs> in particular for sure. <laughs> on the empathy for ourselves. You know, it can be, that can be sometimes the hardest place to, to find that empathy. And, you know, a lot of us are being triggered right now in so many ways, um, which I think is good. Right. And it can be a tool for healing, you know, these challenges, we can look at them as tools for healing, Um, And I think that kind of a super tool when it comes to dealing with these triggers can be empathy for ourselves and for others. Agreed. So that is really cool. I did my test and um, I noticed you said you were like a strong one. Mine was two, four and six. I actually happened to be someone who like kind of had a lot of strong, those were all like, I want to say like in the like seventies or nineties, they were all pretty high numbers, those four, those three. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to look more into it. Was there a book or something that like guided you towards that or? Uh, Not one in particular, but I will that they say with the Enneagram that if you're, you know, kind of like that, where you're resonating with several or you're going through the test and there's several that test high, that more than likely the one that's the toughest to read, the one that hits you or sparks a little bit of pain or even a little bit of fear um, is the one that is most likely closest to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because it looks at the motivators for your behavior and your thought patterns and everything that you do and also looks at um, the, the basic fear that that's guided you. So it looks a lot at childhood wounds. Mm. And so each kid, every human, it says, will go through all of those experience, all of those things. It's just based on personality type that you're born with, which one hits you the hardest and how you respond to it. So the one that maybe is the toughest to read might be the one that that deserves a little further exploration. I will say that for me, I, I thought I had read on them and really thought that one um, was where I landed. And then I heard uh, the Sleeping at Last podcast. He's a composer and he wrote a song for each of the Enneagram types. And I was doing the dishes listening uh, to the Enneagram one. And so he did them in order. And so I'm listening to one first and it was like a punch in the gut. I stopped what I was doing and just heaved over sobbing, crying, listening to the song. And the others, I listened to the others and they were nice. And I I thought, oh, that's, I know people that that matches and things like that. And they touched me deeply, but nothing like that. That one, that song was hard to hear, but beautiful, super beautiful. It was just like, oh, wow, somebody finally gets me. I can get myself now. This makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I, that's a good resource too. If you just need something in the background to not be too deeply studying, just kind of touch on it and see what happens. That's a good one. 
I love that. Cause that seems like, I mean, music will go right to the heart, right? You know, it's like, yes. I think I tend to use my head too much when I'm <laughs> using, you know, I'm doing a test online or I'm reading, you know, I, I'm a head person. Mm-hmm. So I think I love that idea of using music and sound and what's resonating with you to just kind of cut right to the heart of the authentic, like, what is this? Yeah. yeah give it a listen and see. You'll have to look Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to check out that podcast. I love learning about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kind of uh, move in a different direction, um, but kind of similar because, you know, we're talking about, you know, finding what resonates with you, you know, in this authentic place. And I noticed that in your writing, you differentiate between meditation and prayer. Um, and so I'm kind of suspecting, I mean, these are tools that we use to kind of get to that deep place, you know, and that place where we can listen. So I was just wondering, what does meditation and prayer mean to you and how are they different from each other? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, so prayer for me, and I think for most people is just any conversation with God. So it can be with or without words, you know, a specific urgent request, you know, real fast, or it can be where you set aside some quiet time to really um, read over the Bible and pray about what you're reading and really digest. Um, But it's a, you know, it can just be that wordless prayer too, just an open invitation to God to, to be there with you and you don't have the words. Whereas meditation is a training and awareness and quieting any judgment of those thoughts, just being able to, to find a, an, a thought or an idea, a point of focus, um, and then to release any judgments of thoughts so that it's the still quiet focus. And so while that's not always a type of prayer for everyone, it definitely is for me. So prayer, I guess, is this big umbrella where meditation falls underneath for me because I can use that as a time to bring a certain focus before God and then listen for specific reminders or wisdom from the Holy Spirit or just being given the sense of peace or joy or like that freedom that we were talking about before, Um, whether that's by focusing on a specific verse or something that I feel like the Holy Spirit's deposited into my heart when I'm reading and studying or hearing a song or bird chirp, you know, whatever it is, I can take that before God, focus on it, and then see what else God has to say about that. Yeah. So kind of um, like a time to get your body toned to listen to God and your mind toned to listen to God and kind of creating this space. Yeah. 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 Kind of like that, that same training of, of focus that meditation uh, helps with. So, but using it as a specific focus on God. No, sometimes I do just do mindfulness exercises when I just need to quiet down, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, or I just need to do some mindful breathing or I just need to sit still and not think. And, And so I do that, but for the most part, when I'm meditating, it's a, it's a form of prayer and connection with God. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. I found that to be so helpful for me. Um, And something else that you talk about that really has resonated with me is this um, focus on seeking the sacred in everyday things. Um, Why is that important? Yeah, I do. I talk about that a lot. I think it's important because like we were talking about in the beginning, how God is already with us in all these places and as humans, and especially as younger Christians, you know, or new with following our faith path, 
we tend to think of that there's these sections of life that are still ours that God's not a part of or not interested in. And so when we were talking about whether it's margaritas or over tears or, you know, just a big belly laugh or, you know, a walk in the park by yourself, whatever it is, God's already there. And so setting the intention of seeking sacred in the everyday puts some responsibility back on us to recognize that and to have that comfort and that freedom of just talking with God and walking with God through every bit of life. So that I think it's really helpful when you tone yourself and you train that trust that God's right here all the time in my heart, in this environment. When you hit the hard times, it's not such a struggle of like grappling your way back to God. You're already there. You've already been walking it in the everyday. It's been really helpful for me to not have to have this, these specific parts of life that are distanced from God. And then if something falls apart in that section of life, I'm like, oh yeah, well, I really do. I would like your help. (laughs) Even though I shunned it before, you know, so it's, it makes it more cohesive, more holistic um, relationship with God. Because God's that. all in. We just have to do our part. <laughs> yeah. We have to God's show all up. in. We have to do mm-hmm. our part. I love that. Yeah. It's almost like, it sounds to me almost like training, you know, like you're training to, for a marathon or doing something, you know, life is like something that we need to train for a little bit, you know, to be prepared. And, and it sounds yeah. like, you know, uh, cultivating that relationship with God and that seeking the sacred and seeing him everywhere is, um, is a good practice to be prepared mm-hmm. for. That marathon yeah, of life. A, I think for <laughs> sure. I think for sure. I think that meditation is one of those spiritual disciplines, just like prayer and reading your Bible, and this too, the seeking sacred, like just training yourself to pay attention and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to God's presence to to notice things. There's so much beauty all around us, and while we may not notice it, you know, it, we take it for granted, and sometimes we do notice it, but then taking that extra step to say, thanks, God, that's, mm. that's really amazing. Just, just for it being beautiful, not necessarily having this big life changing, deep meaning, you know, it can, but it doesn't have to do. It can just be as simple as thank you for that beauty, you know, mm-hmm. thank you it's for that beautiful me. flower or that right. smile or yeah, yeah. everything. That wild yeah. kid in target that made me laugh, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause God's there. God's in it all. Right. For sure. Yeah. That's right. Wise words. Um, <laughs> so I also noticed a theme of surrender in a lot mm-hmm. of your writings and meditations. Um, and something that I'm hearing kind of right now too, is this kind of raised awareness, raised consciousness, um, that it seems to be coming from, you know, recognizing God in all. And then to me, you know, part of that is then like a trust and a surrender. So I was just wondering like, how has surrender taken shape in your life? How have you seen it, um, you know, work in your life? Yeah, well, being, you know, a fixer personality or on Enneagram, the type one is called a reformer. So I tend to take the reins in every situation and not so much from a a feeling of needing to control it, but just as this um, compulsion to make things better and to fix them and to reform them and refine. And, you know, we may not be able to reach perfection, but I really want to get as close as we can, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of attitude. (laughs) And man, it just is such a burden in so many things, especially as a mom to have these little ones that you're responsible for, but also recognizing your 
your limits, you know, of, of how much you're really responsible for and how much you need. Where's the boundary of, of being responsible and shaping them and then stepping back to let them shape their own life and be their own human and find God in their own way and all of those things. And so surrendering has been such a relief and taken such a load off my shoulders and I can see where God may be having me focus my gifts. So I'm not spinning out of control. And then also knowing when I am called to do hard things, knowing that God's there with me, that I've surrendered my life. I've surrendered my will, my dreams, my hopes and saying, okay, God, you've said that you'll provide more than we can ask or imagine that our future is hopeful. And so why would I continue trying to do it all on my own? You know, not that God doesn't have us do work, you know, and improve ourselves and improve our situation. We can't overlook that, but there's just this real fine line of, of recognizing where the real control lies and not trying to do it in our own strength, but leaning into God. And so that's where surrender has been a huge help for me. I think so much in our culture, surrender is looked at like this weak thing, but for me, it's been so powerful and strong to surrender and give it over under God's hand and, and see God work in a lot of ways in the situation, but also in me, because that's where a lot of change takes place. When I'm praying hard about a situation, I'm trying to fix a situation or fix a person. And God's like, well, let's take a few steps back. Mm -hmm. There's some things we can do right here at home in you. So, but it's always beautiful and gentle and kind and merciful, you know, to, to re on the receiving end of what God has to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I totally relate to that about like not changing, maybe like the outside stuff. It's like you want something that's outside to change so badly, but actually it ends up being you that changes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this has been so hard for me that, you know, with the pandemic and just feeling like I want to control things and having older parents that I just want to like, you know, keep locked in at home because I love them so much and I have a lot of fear. And the other day, and um, they are planning a trip and I've been just kind of feeling like I need to control everything and that whole fear. And the other day I was laying in the, I was in the bathtub. I've been taking lots of baths lately. It's been very um, therapeutic for me. And I was listening to, I think her name is Lauren Dangle and she has this song called mm -hmm. Rescue. And I started listening to it and it just like, like you were talking about the music and connecting. Like I was listening to that song and all of a sudden it was like, God came in and was like, I got this, you know, and that surrender yeah. just felt like so, I feel like it just was a shift in me, you know, since that, it was a couple days ago. And I've just felt okay. like I'm looking through different eyes that are joyful now because I know that it's being taken care of and I can just surrender and I don't need to control everything. And That's so good. Yeah, That's I so just good. feel like I'm loving life so much more and I just feel like I've got this joy, which is what I've been praying for. You know, I've been praying for joy and just to kind of choose love over fear with this whole thing. And so that was one baby step. I'm sure I'll take like yeah. you know, a step back <laughs> and then two steps forward and one step back. Sure. But yeah, you know, yeah. it feels, it feels so good. <laughs> I pray for that's that. How but yeah, that's how growth with that step forward, step back business. I mean, that's, that's how we grow. So that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really feeling powerful. good about that right now. So, so, you know, that moment of, you know, being in, and maybe we've talked about this a little bit before more, but I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything else that you wanted to say about this, because I've noticed this is another theme um, 
is, you know, that was, it's been so painful for me to feel this control and this fear. And I'm just wondering, like, what's your view of how pain can transform us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big question, but I love it because it's something that we all experience. We can all relate to being in these states of pain, especially right now we have this collective pain, though it may exhibit differently for different people, given like with parents versus protecting kids and depending on what your um, home life looks like and work life and all that looks a little bit different, but we can all relate to it. We all hurt. And though we may not realize it in the time, we all have choices in how we respond. It's so great that you're doing that self-care and then you're including God in that self-care and you're listening to music and including God there. Um, but it's the beauty of choosing God in pain. And sometimes it seems like it's the only choice left or like the last straw to pray. It's like all that we, you know, that's, that's the least I can do is pray or, you know, that's, that's all I've got left. It's the only thing I can offer, but it's so much powerful than that because latching on to God with this busted, broken heart means that that surrender piece is already done. And so there's this big open space, this big open field that God can work within. So that's a big hurdle for a lot of us is to, to do that first step of surrender because there's fear there. We don't know what God's going to do, especially if we're new to our walk with God and we don't know a whole lot about God's character yet. We know that God is big and great and powerful and we're told that God loves us so much, you know, but we don't know firsthand. And so surrendering is scary. But when you're at the end of your rope and you're really hurting and you're like, you're already done, you know, there's, there's not that much of a hurdle anymore. You're like, well, what have I got to lose? I'll go ahead and surrender it. So that is the beautiful thing about pain is that you're already that much further ahead of the game and that surrender piece. And God can, I think, work quicker and more holistically in that transformation when we're really, when we're done trying. Yeah. It's like the, the, it's like the boundaries are gone. The, the hurdles are gone. The resistance is gone. And now you can just be really receptive, I guess, to it when yeah. Yeah. it's like you breathe yeah. that all like your breath <laughs> and now you all you can do is breathe in, right? Which is inspire, right. right? Inspire is to breathe in. So that's when you get your inspiration when you've just like exhausted it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I love that. So I'm just wondering if you have any other practical takeaways for listeners who are going through some painful times right now. Like we said, we're all going through something, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. economics or, you know, family health. Um, You know, I'm just wondering if you've got any practical takeaways for, for our listeners. I would just encourage them to get still and acknowledge that pain, not try to push it down or ignore it or gut through it. I mean, that just sit with it and, and realize this is hard and I'm not the only one, but it doesn't make it any easier and just really acknowledge it and um, work to lift those painful things up to God. So as you're sitting quietly and sitting in stillness, as those things come up, just go ahead and release them to God. And I like to do that without words because I can get really distracted trying to craft these perfect prayers, especially if I go, if I'm feeling anxious or worried already and I'm like, okay, I need to sit quietly and still. It's so much better if I can just not put any words behind the prayer that it just be feeling and openness and release and sitting there and releasing the pain and hopes and goals, all of that to God just reminds us that we're not alone in our battles. And then I think 
it also strengthens us to go back in. So sitting there and leaning on God and releasing those things to God lets us rebuild and re-strengthen and regain our footing and so that we can go back into the battle, however big or small it may be, we can go back in knowing we're not alone and being strengthened and having that extra wisdom of, you know, perspective of, of knowing what really matters and what we're really responsible for versus maybe we're adding to our shoulders that we don't necessarily need to add. Mm, yeah. New perspectives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big theme. <laughs> yeah. Today. Yeah. I love and, it. and I know like, you know, that kind of getting quiet and still can be so hard and it does feel like, um, again, this time right now has kind of forced a lot of us to be still or quiet or be with ourselves or be home. And I know that can be really uncomfortable. You know, I know for a long time I will busy myself with the chores and everything else I can do to try to not be still because it's scary. Um, but you know, it sounds like what you're saying is such a good reminder that that's, that's really necessary for our growth and for healing. Yeah. You and me both. I, I will, if I'm worried and stressed, I busy myself to fix it and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. You know, yeah. It just puts off the inevitable. So even if it's, you know, trying to get into a practice of three minutes before you get out of bed, just lying still and just evaluating, you know, how am I starting out this day? What, where am I right now? And let's go ahead and hand some things over before I put my feet on the floor or before bed or, you know, bath or shower, what driving, whatever it is, just picking a, a routine time where you're not necessarily having to carve out new time in your day, but maybe just integrating it into that chore or that whatever routine. it may be, that piece yeah. of life, that routine. Yeah. I got a good, um, one and then time. it'll fall into place. Then you'll start craving it. You're like, Oh, I need my quiet time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you kind of attach it into your routine for mm -hmm. sure. I got this good practice from Gabby Bernstein, uh, waking up in the morning and before I get out of bed, just asking God, like, I think it's, you know, where would you have me go, which is usually my home right now, <laughs> but yeah. what would you have me do? Um, what would you have me say and to whom? So for me, mm -hmm. a lot of that's my kids right now is just kind of focusing on, you know, what does God want me to say to my children, do with my children? How does God want me to respond to what's going on, you know? And um, I try to like ask those questions in the morning. That's been kind of my quiet routine and, and get meditative and kind of listen. And um, I feel like that really sets me up for a, for a good day. Right? I love that. We're aware and conscious. Um, so something else yeah. we haven't really, we talked about yet, but is the flower essences. And it's my understanding this kind of go along with this kind of getting quiet and helping us deal with our emotions. Um, so I was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about flower essences, how they work, how they played a role in your own personal healing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so flower essences are just the energetic imprint of flower. And so flowers a lot of times are wild crafted and um, harvested just from their natural setting. And then they sit in water in the sun. And it's, I believe, an amazing, incredible gift from our creator that each flower has this 
energetic marking to it that speaks to different emotions in our body. And it sounds wild and a little crazy, but when we talk about things like essential oils or when we talk about specific foods being good to nourish specific systems in our body, then it's not as far-fetched, you know, sounding. So for a lot of people, it takes a little bit of, you know, step outside of the comfort zone to accept that part or you know, to, to understand that part. But I just think it's such an incredible gift from God. And I've seen huge, huge changes in myself and my outlook in my day. And um, when I'm taking them in my kids and in my family and friends that I, that I use them on, and I'm working now on crafting a um, custom blend for each Enneagram type. So whereas they could be good for, you know, a lot of different things. It's just something kind of tailored to help in that, that path of growth. So if you're in that period of stress or if you're doing well and you want to continue on that growth, just some things that'll support those emotions that build that foundation for growth. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. I love how you're going to use that with the Enneagrams. That's so cool. Like, it's like two of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. And they do, they pair together so well. Cause like you said, the Enneagrams are so important to find your motivation and those deep, you know, feelings and emotions that, you know, like you're working with. And then, wow, those flower essences sound like they could just target like right there, that deep root to help. Yeah with the healing and the processing. That is so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. They help with like, thank you. Yeah, they they help with unstuffing emotions. So when we just get busy and we don't deal with things, we don't process, or even we think we're processing well, you know how it is. Things can come up years later and you're like, I thought I dealt with that. I thought that was done. And it's still there, whether it comes out in in a physical way, but has an emotional root or, you know, just in your words or whatever it is. So I love that the something as simple as flowers and water can help with that healing and that release. And again, that freedom and that trust and surrender to God and with other people in your relationships really powerful stuff for some being so something so simple and easy and inexpensive, you know, all of it hits all the marks. Yeah. And I think we were talking kind of earlier about that rescue remedy. That's kind of a gateway flower essence for a lot of people. I think, (laughs) you know, that one's so great for anxiety. Um, So if anyone's listening and wants to get started with flower essences and is um, ever battling anxiety or fear, these things we've been talking about, you know, that's a great place to start um, with the rescue remedy. Um, But um, you have so much deeper um, wisdom in the flower essences to offer and, you know, with all the stuff we've been talking about. So I kind of wanted to close by letting listeners know how they can find you and learn more about all the great work you're doing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So um, the blog is just holisticfaithlifestyle.com and then um, links from there for Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. um, All of that is at Holistic Faith Lifestyle as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I I subscribe to it, I think. Gosh, it's been a while. Almost feels like a year or like several months, and it's been really life changing. I love um, the meditations that you post. Um, how and and then I was reading your blogs. They're so full of wisdom. How often do you usually um, post the the YouTube meditations? Uh, the YouTube like meditations so. go up every week. Yeah. yeah, blog subscribers get those in their email on Monday mornings early before sunrise. So they're spaced on time zone, and they should make it. Um, to inbox early, early. Um, and then if you're just looking at YouTube, then I 
publish them publicly on Wednesdays. So they come a little early to blog subscribers on Mondays. Yeah. And then I try to do a new post. I try to do a new blog post each week, but during this time, it's it's been more like every two weeks, sometimes (laughs) every three or four. So we're just doing, (laughs) keeping up with what, you know, with all of it the best I can during this time. But um, usually once every two weeks on the posts and then um, for sure, once a week on the meditation, because I'm doing that anyway, I might as well share that and record that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say for um, people just discovering too, you've got quite a good um, library of posts to look into as well as the, the new ones that you post. Well, thank yeah. you so much for, for joining me, Rachel. It was so nice to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better. And I'm really looking forward to future um, meditations and, um, and getting that flower essence for my Enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out. It's been wonderful. I love yeah. connecting with you. It was great connecting. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. To learn more about today's guest and a wide range of other wellness professionals, please visit our global wellness community at wellville.com, W-E-L-V-I-L.com. I wish you so much wellness, and I look forward to meeting you again on the road to Wellville.